Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here we go. Check it out. Welcome to So Stereotypical, the marketing podcast that helps listeners create targeted media campaigns and effective public relations. With your host, Rachel Kavapol. Hey there, welcome to another episode of So Stereotypical, the marketing podcast where we break down marketing strategies in ways that are realistic and relatable. I'm your host, Rachel Kavapel, and in today's episode, we talk with laughter and leadership specialist Michael Bork about the power of positive psychology and authentic leadership, in addition to looking at the big winners in the 2018 Valentine's gift-giving spree. The answer is sure to give you some warm and fuzzies, or rather, some warm and furries. 2018 is the year of the dog in the Chinese zodiac. The same sign shared by our current U.S. President Donald Trump. The Chinese have capitalized on this by placing a gigantic dog statue outside a shopping mall. The statue bears a striking resemblance to our president, from the flyaway golden hair to the pointing finger. According to the Chinese Zodiac, dogs are characterized by their loyalty to friends, family, and work. They are honest popular in social circles, and good at helping others fix their bad habits. I'll leave it up to you to decide if you think this fits our description of our current president, while naming a few other famous people who fall under this sign. We have Alan Rickman, David Bowie, Steven Spielberg, Madonna, and Mother Teresa. In our last podcast, we touched on the topic of New Year's resolutions, so don't think just because we are in mid-February that I'll let you forget. Today, we talk with laughter and leadership specialist Michael Bork of Laughtership LLC about the power of positive psychology and how anyone can learn new approaches to life, marketing, and business regardless of age. This is Rachel, and I'm back with Michael Bork of Laughtership LLC. Hi, Michael. How are you? So, let's talk about what Laughtership (laughs) is first. It seems obvious, but... No, it's really not. (laughs) Laughtership is the combination of laughter and leadership. Uh, So, it is a positive leadership development company where I provide a suite of services, everything from uh, individualized career coaching or other types of, of business coaching, life coaching, group uh, and, and executive team coaching, um, all the way to laughter, laughter yoga training, which mm-hmm. uh, is what a lot of people in Fairbanks are starting to know more about. Uh, and so I believe in positive, happy workplaces, and I found something called laughter yoga that I've built a business around. So when did you first hear about laughter yoga? I heard about laughter yoga a little over two years ago. Um, I was in the middle of my master's degree, uh, getting a master's in industrial and organizational psychology. Um, and so I had to do a research project. And one of the things that they had us do right at the beginning was just look at something about work that interests you and research it. And so my first search was happiness at work because I've always been fascinated and, and I've always tried to be a, a happy boss and and. I'm in parks and recreation as my other career, so by nature, it's it's generally a happier environment. Uh, so as soon as I typed in uh, happiness at work or happy workplace or something like that, uh, one of the very top uh, Google returns was a website called laughteryoga.org. 
being the guy that I am, being kind of a, a an entertainer, ukulele player, balloon animal artist, clown, Elvis impersonator, uh, et cetera, et cetera, I couldn't not click a website <laughs> called Laughter Yoga. Now, for, for the listening audience, I am a six-foot-tall, uh, 200-pound guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a large male man, and I do not look like a yoga instructor. Um, but... I clicked on it, and literally within five minutes of watching the first couple of videos, I was hooked. Uh, my wife, who was uh, in the hallway across from me in her office, because she was also getting her master's at the same time, uh, I called over to her and I said, I found my thing. And from there, I started a laughter club here in Fairbanks, um, starting in April of 2016. Um, and in July of that year, I went and got certified as a certified laughter yoga leader. I flew on, flew down to Chicago, did a two day certification. And since then I've been running a very successful weekly free laughter yoga club. And that is my community give back to the, to the laughter yoga, uh, ethic and, and, uh, modality of, of why we do what we do. Uh, but then I also have built a side, uh, consulting and coaching business, uh, in addition to my Parks and Rec gig that I've got. So talk about the coaching aspect of it. Sure. Uh, a lot of times people get confused between a coach and a consultant. And the easiest way it, to describe it is uh, everybody is a consultant. Uh, if I if somebody stops me on the street and asks me directions on how to get somewhere, I've just consulted them. Because basically it's the, I have uh, some knowledge that I need to pass on to you. Um, a coach does not go off of the presumption where I'm going to pass my knowledge on to you directly because it's based on the idea that as a coach, you already inherently possess all of the skills that you need to do whatever it is that you want to do. But a lot of times people get stuck, uh, stuck at work, stuck in a project, stuck at life, just stuck in general. And so a coach knows that you have these skills and what the coach's role is, is not to tell you, well, Rachel, here's how you fix this problem. It's to ask powerful questioning. Well, tell me about why you think you're stuck in this. And through powerful questioning and, and what we call interventions or exercises, uh, even paper exercises or just writing exercises, journaling, <clears throat> a variety of ways, uh, that person basically discovers themselves the best path forward. Because if I tell you how to do something, that's coming from my perspective, because A, that's either worked for me, or B, somebody's told me that's a, a good way to do it. But if I tell you that, that may not work for you. And so there are there are definitely roles for consulting, and that's why I say I'm a coach and a consultant. But in the coaching role, uh, whether I'm working with an individual on a, a short career coaching, they want to improve their interview skills and learn how to sell themselves better. I'll sit and, and, you know, you don't usually need to spend years on that. Hopefully somebody wants to get a job in a lot quicker amount of time. So in three or four sessions, we'll identify what they feel are barriers to either past interviews, what they, what they know themselves they are not great at. We'll identify ways for them to work on skills through exercises or, or writing or different things, uh, teach, learning just general how to sell yourself. But you know most of that already. So it's sometimes a blurred line between a coach and a consultant. Because if somebody asks me, Mike, how should I do this? Well, of course, I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm not going to say, well, you can figure it out yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it, there is a, a bit of a mix between that. But, but in a pure coaching world, um, I am going to allow you through the process of coaching to discover it. And I act as essentially a facilitator 
of the process. So I've got specific uh, professional advanced uh, training in coaching. Uh, that's individual coaching. That's then that's mm -hmm. the short uh, one-off, uh, the career coaching, or, or I've got an interview I need to prepare for. But then long-term coaching. Uh, a lot of people engage coaches for their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Why? Because again, I have a coach myself. We were talking about this before the interview because everybody gets stuck. <clears throat> everybody always would like to have somebody that not to spur them, not to, it's, I don't do that kind of coaching. <laughs> yeah. There's no whips involved. There's, there's no self punishments, uh, you know, or anything, uh, because the coaching conversation always starts every time. What do you want to work on today? And from that, we then talk about it. We don't ever start with, well, what'd you get done last week? Why didn't you get that done? Uh, there's no, none of that. And so there's never that, impression that, ooh, if I don't get this done, the coach is going to be mad at me. Um, there's, it's a different type of relationship. And so a lot of people always, they have a, a list every week or every two weeks, however, however often they engage with their coach. So one week it might be, you know, I'm just really feeling stuck on getting this uh, garage organized. Okay, well, let's talk about organization. Uh, the next week, it might be completely different. It might be about goal setting. Mm -hmm. The next week, it might be about uh, developing stronger relationships. <clears throat> really, it is individualized because as the coach, I will always ask that question, what do you want to work on? We do the exact same thing on a group level as well. So that's where we get into organizational coaching, where we'll work as individual one-on-one -on -one with the group, but then we also coach them as a group. But it's, it's the same process through that self-discovery, that self-development. Um, it's a much more powerful result at the end. So I, I do that. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, you asked about the coaching and, mm -hmm. and I kind of covered that consulting role as mm -hmm. well uh, because it does kind of blur the line a little bit. But uh, basically I, I use a, a coach approach in, in all of that. So, so there are other, um, I would say, coaches that are in Fairbanks. How do you differentiate yourself? from other coaches? I am a positive leadership coach. Mm -hmm. And when I uh, talk about my degree in industrial and organizational psychology, specifically what I, what I focused on in my degree <clears throat> is a field called positive psychology. Uh, and so I have an industrial and organizational psychology degree with a specialization in positive psychology and coaching. And the easiest way to, do, to give you the difference between traditional psychology and positive psychology for anybody who hasn't heard that term before is in a traditional psychology mode, whether you were going to a therapist, a psychologist, a group session, anything, traditional psychology says, Rachel, there's something wrong with you and we have to fix it. And that, and that is true for any of the basis of traditional quotes, air quotes, imagine those traditional psychology. Positive psychology takes a completely different tack. And this isn't, again, a very revolutionary idea, but back in uh, the early 90s, uh, a guy named Dr. Martin Seligman uh, is created at, or is, is uh, credited as the father or the founder of, of this positive psychology. And it's based on the idea that we all have these inherent character strengths. And if we figure out what, where our strengths are and how they, how they are laid out and, and categorized and focus on our top strengths, by focusing on the top strengths about us, what makes us good, by focusing on the positive things about it, about us, we will always do better than focusing on the negative. And by focusing on the positive and recognizing what your top strengths are, 
embracing them, and then developing them, a lot of times you take care of what you may perceive as a weakness or as negative things. Um, so it's a different way to look at the way the human mind works. And I'll be quite honest, once you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, instead of saying, oh, you know, I'm just horribly disorganized and I'm never going to get this or, you know, I, I can't save money to save my life or, or any of these things that a lot of people, we have these gremlins mm -hmm. in the coaching world that you tell yourself, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, I won't, you know, I'll fail, all of these gremlins. If you focus on those, that motion creates the emotion and, and that leads to you getting into that mentality. If you focus on, for me, uh, I can tell you some of my top strengths through this VIA character strength survey that we use in, uh, in my coaching practice. Um, some of mine, and it won't uh, surprise you because we've known each other long enough, zest, <laughs> love of learning, playfulness and creativity. <laughs> Those are, those are some of my top strengths. And so what have I wait, done? Wait, did your voice? Because I have to say you have one of the most relaxing voices. True. On, I mean, you're very mirthful laughter. But, I, it is. But also you have a very relaxing and, and that is not one of those shared character strengths. But thank you. Yes, I, I, I love the, the fact that uh, I had, a, I had a, a keynote session that I was giving uh, a couple of months ago. And the microphone stopped working. And here I was with 175 early childhood educators and the microphone is just kicking in and out and it was just getting annoying. So I just put the microphone down and I just kicked my voice up to, to what I consider my normal level and everybody could hear me just fine. But getting back to the positive psychology, it, it's this really easy. Instead of focusing on, Rachel, what's wrong with you and how do we fix it? It says, Rachel, what's right about you? What's strong about you? What are, what are the things that make you the best of what you are? And how do we enhance those? And by enhancing those things, we don't need to focus on the things that are bad about you, that, that, uh, that you tend to focus on, those gremlins. And so that's the difference in approach, is I have laughter ship and laughter and leadership in my name. And laughter yoga is certainly a part of what I present to businesses on workplace success and happiness. And I know I've changed lives already in the last year and a half that I've been running laughter yoga throughout the community. And people tell me that. Um, but the, the positive psychology is just as important um, because in that approach, the whole approach, again, is not focusing on, again, well, like we talked about in the coaching engagement. It's not, oh, I didn't get this done this week and I said I was going to do this and I didn't. We never focus on that. It's always focusing on the positive. doesn't mean that there's not bad things that happen in people's lives. And this is, this is a misconception that a lot of times people have is that I'm just spreading saccharine, you know, happiness and, and, and all of that. And just, yeah, you know, just uh, injecting, you know, part-time, you know, you know, temporary things. And the way I explain happiness is, is just like that poster that probably everybody has seen in a doctor's office. Happiness is not a destination. It really isn't. You don't get too happy and then stop there. Uh, we all have get in bad moods. We all get in funks. We all get you know down on ourselves we all have our gremlins and that happens and i'm not saying that we don't uh embrace that and recognize that but i give tools mm -hmm. specific tools to people using positive psychology using things uh, uh basically principles of what's called authentic leadership mm -hmm. um by this coach approach that i've developed this laughtership approach and we just say hey those things happen and, and we can talk about them in a coaching engagement 
we don't need to only focus on the positive. If something's troubling you, we, we will discuss it. But we'll always try and figure out a way to turn it and, and look at it in, in its most positive light, if possible. Or if we can't do that, to put that aside and try and create some happiness through non-humor-based laughter, through positive exercises, things like that. It seems like happiness would be an easy thing to market. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it is in the sense that when people hear my message, it, it resonates with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not necessarily make uh, a, what I would consider top-level business uh, sense to a lot of people at, at the surface. And that's mm-hmm. where I go into the better business through laughter and, and true productivity ties. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that in a minute. But the challenge in the marketing side of it is... <clears throat> a lot of times people see it as as what we were talking about even earlier, silliness. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming in and, and just doing something fun for an hour. And then as soon as Mike leaves, then everybody's back to the normal stuff. So it, they see it almost as an entertainment mm-hmm. versus a valuable training. And so that's why I have tried to build a word of mouth business more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, once people see the message, once people have engaged in laughter yoga or taken part in one of my coachings or trainings, uh, once they've seen the the full picture and not just heard laughter or happiness and just immediately turned off, Mm -hmm. once they've seen that, they're like, oh, I totally get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they they even understand those those deeper bottom line benefits to business. They understand that um, you can see you get an immediate benefit. Within 10 minutes of one of my laughter sessions, it, it can completely turn somebody's mood around. Do you have an example? Sure, yeah. Um, somebody who uh, has been with me for a long time, and I won't mm-hmm. use names to, to protect yeah. the innocent type of deal, but uh, but she uh, came to me real early as I was starting to laughter and, and told me she was just miserable in her job. Uh, really bad boss, overbearing, not a lot of creativity at work, even though she was a creative person. And so she had heard about laughter way before uh, ever hearing about my program. And through somebody talking to somebody, talking to somebody, she had heard about it and came to one of the sessions. And I use her in a quote in some of my testimonials. So Mm -hmm. you might find a first name if you web stalk me uh, on (laughs) on my website. But she said, uh, I walked in, I forget the exact quote, Mm -hmm. but essentially I walked in dragging and feeling down um, I walked out skipping and singing mm-hmm. um, because in a very short amount of time, you're releasing a lot of endorphins into your body. Um, you're actually suppressing cortisol, which is the stress hormone that mm-hmm. builds up in your body. You suppress that through laughter, but you're also doing really other cool things by the deep yogic breathing that we're doing. We're hyper oxygenating our body, which getting more oxygen to our brain gives us mood boost and energy boost. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a very, very short amount of time, you can see immediate results. And it's one of the only things I've ever found that you can learn how to use laughter, non-humor-based laughter. And we need to yeah. spend some time talking about that because yep. that's where we get out of the silliness. Right. But using this, what we call unconditional non-humor-based laughter, how to use that as a tool for stress management, mm-hmm. for fighting depression, 
or you know one of our taglines in in our Fairbanks Laughter Club is if you can't see the sunshine, be the sunshine. Mm-hmm. You know we spend a lot of dark times uh, here in Fairbanks, a lot of dark and cold times, and it's easy to get down to that funk, that seasonal affective disorder. But even if you don't have a disorder, if you if you live here in Fairbanks, you know how you can get down on yourself, and you can come to one laughter yoga session mm-hmm. and completely change your outlook. And people get after they come to one of those that. And even when I've gone and spoken at Rotary or mm-hmm. Kiwanis or, or other groups, they can also see that, A, it's going to last. It's not a, it, it lasts for hours. Mm-hmm. It's not just you're happy and then you just crash and boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. It lasts for hours. And if you do it often and you repeat it, it builds up and it gives you um, a better resistance to stress mm-hmm. and depression because you learn tools, specific ways to engage in laughter and gibberish to get yourself, even alone, driving in the car, uh, putting yourself out of a funk. So non-humor-based laughter, um, that, that's the, the big kind of difference of what makes laughter yoga unique, other than the yogic breathing and all of that. Because it's based on the idea that your sense of humor and my sense of humor can be completely different. And even more importantly than that, what I find humorous, you may find offensive. What I find offensive, you may find depressing. Um, so the point is, is if we try and laugh by just telling jokes or watching movies together, inevitably there's going to be stuff that we don't each find mutually funny. Mm-hmm. So trying to engage in long-term laughter as an exercise, which is what we're doing in laughter yoga, we can't rely on jokes. Um, and Dr. Kataria, who started this in India 23 years ago now, uh, started as a jokes-based humor, mm-hmm. where you would just tell a joke, didn't matter if it was good or bad, and you just laughed as a response. And the idea is when you laugh as a fake or exercise or, or simulated laughter, when you do that for just a few minutes and you're making eye contact, that becomes real. Why? Because your body cannot differentiate between fake laughter or exercise laughter or simulated laughter. The body can't make the difference between that and real genuine laughter. It's scientifically proven. Uh, they've done chemical studies on, on blood of if we just sat here, looked each other in the eye, and, and for the listening audience, just sat here and went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and I'm looking Rachel in the eye, and she's naturally turning that into real laughter. It's very quick. But if we just sat there, eventually we're going to have that reaction. You're very yeah. quick about it because you're a naturally humorous person. But for some people, even if you have no sense of humor, even if you are in a bad mood, you can engage in laughter yoga because that fake laughter, that just ha, 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 mm-hmm. when we're making eye contact, <laughs> it turns in, <laughs> and it turns into that general, uh, real, genuine laughter. And so once people experience that, they see that immediate, mm-hmm. and then they want to hopefully find out more because the more you do it, the more you build up that happiness, the more you find ways to deal with anything that, that's that's getting you down or bothering you. And again, it's not laughing because we're trying to forget the problems. Mm-hmm. We're laughing because it makes us feel good and it brings us into a different mentality to better be able to deal with that problem. So it's a, it's, a, it's a subtle difference, but it's a real difference. We're not trying to laugh away our problems. We're trying to laugh to deal with our problems. There was a great meme that I've put up on my Facebook page uh, lately, and it's a, a dog laying on its back, which is what I actually saw first because I <laughs> love dogs. 
Um, but it says laughter is like a windshield wiper. It doesn't make the rain go away, but it makes us better able to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that's a really profound, I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Because <laughs> if you think about it, that's exactly what I'm trying to talk about. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't cure anything. But it gives us a tool to deal with with whatever's bringing us down or stressing us out. And so I teach that both individually and to corporate groups um, of this idea of non-humor-based laughter as an exercise. So what does that look like? If you haven't seen laughter yoga, I would really suggest I can explain it, and I will briefly. But go on and look on my website. I've got videos of, of our laughter club engaging in laughter, um, a, TED, a TEDx talk that I did here in Fairbanks. Uh, back in April of 2017. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where actually Rachel and I yeah, met. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you can go and see those. But basically, we stand in a group. There's no yoga uh, like what people may have in their mind involved. With the mats that and the, yeah, I mean, blocks. We, and you the... can bring a yoga mat because yeah. we'll do yoga prana, yeah. uh, yoga nidra, and, mm-hmm. and some uh, stuff where if you want to lay down on the yeah. floor, you can. But that's not really what we do. We stand in a group or sit in a group. It doesn't matter. And we engage in laughter exercises. So it's me saying, okay, again, you need to use your imagination, listening audience. You're holding two glasses in your hand, and you're going to pour from one glass to the other. And you're going to go, and then you pour to the other side, and you go, and then you kick it back with laughter, and you go, ah! (laughs) And when we're doing that, we're engaging in deep, hearty belly laughter. Um, And so that's really the key, is we're engaging our diaphragm, we're engaging our core muscles and we're engaging in laughter. We're also moving our body around mm-hmm. and we're engaging in a fun activity. So all of that combines to make that exercise of just eh, eh, ah, 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 and all of these other silly activities that we do to pretend and, and play games. Um, it makes it very easy to turn that, that fake or exercise laughter or somebody with a bad mood who is just laughing along to all of a sudden start producing real, genuine, hearty laughter. And it's, a, it's really, even though I say it's not a cure-all, it, it's almost a magical process every time I see it. Uh, because I've worked with kids uh, that have developmental issues, developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. I've worked with girls down in Anchorage with uh, behavioral uh, issues that are in residential behavioral homes because of bad behavior. And I had a girl come up after, me, after a single hour of, of, not even a full hour of laughing, just the hour program, and say, I haven't laughed so much in years. Mm-hmm. This was coming from an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. How sad is that? Yeah. Oh. And to be able to go in and just spend an hour where they didn't have to be in a good mood. They didn't have to find something funny to get the benefit of how it feels when we laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, that's a, that's a heart, you know, tugging story. But mm-hmm. I've heard that dozens and dozens and dozens of times in various forms. Uh, the seniors that I work with every single week at Raven Landing regularly report to me that when they started laughter yoga, before they did not sleep very well. Mm-hmm. And now, because they're breathing so deeply, every time they do laughter yoga, now they're sleeping throughout through the whole night, five, mm-hmm. six, seven hours straight. And they didn't do that before. They have more energy, and the energy lasts. Mm-hmm. And now they're reporting, because they've been doing it for a year and a half, that they're actually laughing on their own with each other and on their own, even in their own rooms. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really impacting people. Um, so that's the that's the positive what I'm trying to do in the community. And 
and with both individuals and coming to my club, uh, which is absolutely free, or out to you know other businesses and organizations. But it's it's literally standing in a group, engaging in laughter exercises, and then once we start deep breathing hard, because it only takes a couple of exercises to to get your pulse rate up and start breathing a, a little hard. Then we do a yogic deep breathe or a yoga pranayama uh, exercise where we breathe in and hold it and, and deep breathe and get all the oxygen we can into our lungs and, and oxygen in our body. And then we do a few more exercises. And we keep doing that for a solid 10 to 15 minutes of exercises and deep breathing. Because again, it's based on the idea that you need 10 to 15 minutes of an aerobic and cardiovascular activity to get the benefits from it. Uh, and then we'll engage in something, and I, I know it sounds funny to the listening audience, again, called laughter meditation. Mm -hmm. And laughter meditation is actually just natural laughter. It's not me telling you to laugh. It's, it's after 15 minutes of laughter, you feel good. And so it's just letting that laughter bubble up from, from within and, and just burst out. And so we spend a minute, two minutes, sometimes as long as three minutes, just laughing to ourselves, uh, you know, in a, in a mirthful, happy manner. And then we do a, a, what's called yoga nidra, and yoga nidra is called sleep yoga, and it's uh, based on again this idea that we've done this aerobic exercise, we've released a lot of endorphins into our body. Now we want to have that cool down period and give our body the the chance to absorb all of that and get the maximum benefit to it. So we go through. This is where my voice comes into play because <laughs> it's very much a, a meditative. We. Uh, we lay down or sit in a very comfortable position, eyes are closed, and, and it starts like this. We're now going to engage in a deep yogic breathing. I want everybody to listen to the sound of my voice and only the sound of my voice as we relax. <laughs> and we go from head to toe through a full body relaxation, um, which really refreshes you. And what it does is it actually acts as a time release to that great energized feeling that you get. It makes that energized feeling last a lot longer than if we just stop laughing and everybody goes home and don't have that cool down. You'll feel good and energized for a couple hours, but then it drops off, kind of like a coffee, mm -hmm. uh, a, a caffeine effect. Yeah. Um, so that's really what a, a yoga session is. It can be done anywhere with anybody. I have a two-year-old and a 97-year-old in the exact same laughter yoga class. And sure, the two-year-old's not necessarily doing all of the exercises with us, but I can guarantee she's laughing with us and clapping with us and, and engaging, which makes it fun for everybody else to see as well. And is she getting the full benefits of yoga nidra? No. But last <laughs> week, she actually brought her two teddy bears, and when everybody else was laying down and doing the, the process, she laid her teddy bears down on the ground, and she laid down, and, and it was quiet for like a full couple of minutes, which yeah. for a two-year-old, you know that's amazing. Yeah. Now, she's a pretty special two-year-old, too, but still... Um, anybody can do it. You can do it seated. You can do it in a bed. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of laughter yoga being done in cancer wards mm -hmm. and hospice homes, places where pain management has gone beyond a medication point where mm -hmm. they're still in pain, even as medicated to the max as they are. Laughter yoga, people are going in and working with them and engaging in laughter, and they're showing two and three and four hours of pain relief. Um, not necessarily bringing all of it down, but, but they feel they report less pain. Mm -hmm. um, laughter yoga in prisons is a, is a movement that's making a, 
uh, a big uh, appearance in Europe and in India mm -hmm. right now. Because again, prisoners, everybody, they could probably need to learn how to be more positive and mm -hmm. learn how to deal with stress in life. Mm -hmm. So my marketing approach, the challenge, you know, has, has been just getting over that barrier of seeing the, the deeper reasons and the meanings of engaging in this non-humor-based laughter, mm -hmm. um, engaging in positive psychology and focusing on the positive and understanding that it's not just something silly, mm -hmm. that there's really benefits to it, uh, both personal benefits, uh, relationship benefits. You are a better person, whoever your spouse, significant other, child, uh, parent is, you get along better when you're happier. You have less conflict. So your relationship benefits and, and then the organizational benefits that um, if you have a happier workplace, people do better. They do, they sell more widgets. They do better at customer service. They do whatever it is that they do. They do it better. Mm -hmm. um, they are less sick because happier people have a better immune system and laughter has also been scientifically shown to boost your immune system. So they're getting sick less. And, Last year, or two, I say last year, 2016, the U.S. spent over $300 billion just on stress-related healthcare costs. Oh. I'll say that again. $300 billion, with a B, dollars on just stress-related healthcare costs. That's painful. So if I can come into a workplace and even affect just a small percentage of the people there and make them less stressed... And by being less stressed and a little bit happier, they're sick a little less often. I've just saved your company thousands of dollars. And then the last point is, is so we've, we've talked about the productivity. We talked about the sick and happier people stay in their jobs longer. The state of Alaska, I'm not sure exactly what the average is, but the na national average is $1,500 to $2,000 per person every time you lose somebody. Now, this is not to train and bring them up to speed and, and get all of the loss of knowledge up to speed. This is just the physical recruiting, interviewing, advertising, and the time it takes in, in getting that physical person in place. $1,500 to $2,000 per person. I suspect in Alaska, because that's a national average, it's probably higher. Um, and But I haven't seen it. I haven't been able to find an, an, an Alaska number on that. But if you, if I, again, if I go into an organization with 50 people and I can make two of them stay six months longer, uh, I've just saved your company way more than what I've charged for me to come in and provide that, that training on being happier. And so it really makes business sense to uh, not just look at profits and, and productivity and healthcare costs and turnover costs and, and put happiness of your employees third or fourth or fifth or tenth tier. If you take that happiness and put it up at the top, kind of like positive psychology and focus on happiness as an actual organizational goal, the productivity is going to be better, the turnover is going to be less, the sick time is going to be less. So all of those top tier things are going to improve by taking that fourth or fifth tier consideration of are my workers or employees happy and put that up at the top. So it just makes sense. But I need people to spread the word on that because marketing and trying to reach out and, and just telling that in a form letter uh, to or, or a three-page you know flyer or something to an organization, it's not going to make sense. Mm -hmm. it, it needs that that personal touch and and quite honestly, I don't. There's not enough hours in the day for me to reach out <laughs> to everybody I, I want and and so getting out to the market like this and, and letting people know, but. 
a lot of it in the last two years that I've built this business up has been through word of mouth. People have seen me at a rotary and then said, hey, why don't you come over and talk to my organization? Or uh, they saw me at a TED talk and now uh, I've gone to Arctic Light Elementary and worked with both the teachers and teaching them laughter. And just last month I went to uh, the school right before Christmas break let out as the kids were frantic to get out of school mm -hmm. and did a school assembly with fourth, fifth, and sixth graders mm -hmm. uh, and engaged in laughter with them. And they loved it. Uh, so um, it's getting that word of mouth out there uh, and spreading the word. That's been, I've found, the most effective marketing. You, though, are social media. We, we <laughs> So we joked about, okay, we joked about how I was going to call this 65% uploaded, but... Um, which is a whole inside joke here, but you have actually grown in your social media presence because I, yes. I, I stalk you like I yes. stalk everybody else. <laughs> so um, explain what you've done. You seem to have, from what I can tell, and maybe it's just because I only follow you, three main channels, right. LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm not sure uh, if you're using other ones, the, but those there, are the... There are, those are the three main that I would consider to the right. public. Uh, I also have profiles in Speaker Hub. Mm -hmm. I have profiles with a company called Pitcher.com. Mm -hmm. uh, but those are more on the Well, Speaker Hub is new. You just added that. And, and I just added yeah. Pitcher as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I started because Facebook for a long time, before they went through a lot of their, you know, uh, algorithm, you Yeah, know, and they're doing and it again, yeah. But before, you know, back even a couple of years ago, uh, it was still, you know, really easy to get your word out mm -hmm. to the local community and Really easy for people to actually see that and mm -hmm. share it and get the word. And then things changed kind of mm -hmm. as I was starting to build this. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm a generation Xer, as we were talking about. I, I grew up in, in more of an analog uh, age, and, mm -hmm. and it's been a bit of a learning curve in the last couple of years of, of getting switched over into trying to be the full digital. Um, so building Facebook, I've been learning through a lot of trial and error. Uh, website design, complete trial and error, and, and then learning the right tools and how to reach out and find companies like Blue Dog Websites mm -hmm. that do a lot of templates for uh, people that are entrepreneurs and just mm -hmm. taking their templates and then just learning how to change the already existing stuff instead of trying to figure out how do I create my own splash page, mm -hmm. how do I create my own pop-up, how do I you know have uh, good you know diverse pages mm -hmm. and, and good image layouts and things. Mm -hmm. So taking a lot of, it's not really automation because that's more scheduling mm -hmm. and getting your word out, but just figuring out the smarter ways to, to do it. And, and it takes a little investment at the beginning um, and, and not even just a little. You mm -hmm. got to, you know, you got to be prepared. You're going to be shelling out subscription fees and things like that for all these services. But it's with the idea that um, my message is, is global. My mission for Laughtership LLC is very simple, spreading mirth on earth. That is my entire mission. And I want to take my positivity and laughter message more than just Fairbanks. I, I want to spread it definitely, and I have in the last couple of years and continue in Fairbanks. But really, I re realize that social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and then my website mm -hmm. is really the, the fourth main spot, uh, are the ways to reach that global audience. I, I can't get my message out any other way in isolated Fairbanks, Alaska. But my services are global. I can coach somebody uh, over the phone. We don't, in fact, very few coaching engagements happen face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. Most of it is over the phone. So I'll be on the phone with somebody just across town, and then I'll make the next coaching phone call, and I'm talking to somebody 
uh, on the East Coast. <laughs> so <laughs> it does not matter. The goal is the same. We start with, what do you want to work on today? Mm -hmm. And go through that. So a lot of the stuff with search engine optimization and uh, making sure that you have, you know, properly tagged your uh, every photo that you've got on your website mm -hmm. so that they come up. How to, how to basically make Google as friendly as you possibly can. And if anybody is out there resisting the Google, um, I, I have to say you need to, you need to come around because uh, there's so much from a small business perspective that Google helps with, with everything from being able to share large files like my eBooks and stuff that I, that I give to, to clients and mm -hmm. anybody in the listening audience, if you email me at mike at laughtership.net, I'll send you uh, one of my free eBooks. So if you're happy and they know it, happy staff. But that's a fairly large file. So being able to use things like Google Drive and integrate Google Docs with working on coaching exercises. So again, I don't have to be face-to-face. -face. Integrating with all your different calendars because nobody nowadays that I know of has a single calendar. Mm -hmm. You have multiple calendars. And so being able to integrate all of those, I've just really found a lot of the power of embracing and learning how to use Google. Um, and you know, even the little tricks of you know, setting up Google Alerts. So when somebody writes an article around the world about laughter yoga or a happiness conference, Dubai uh, mm -hmm. is very positive uh, oriented right now. As a, as a country, they have a goal of creating happiness amongst their citizens. Mm -hmm. So I get all kinds of really cool articles about happiness in Dubai and the efforts that they're taking on a national level uh, through the royal family to create happiness there. So setting up those kinds of things and using MailChimp or, or another type of email management mm -hmm. subscription type of service, learning about online cash handling mm -hmm. and, you know, what, a, what platform you want for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just all of these things have, have, have been just a natural learning curve. I knew a lot about leadership and I knew a lot about managing people and managing parks and rec systems and managing projects and special events and running summer camps and all of that. But this was a critical tool that just because of I didn't grow up in, in that digital age, it's been, it's been a lot from a, a you know, mid-40s guy to, to now learn this kind of stuff on the fly as you're mm -hmm. trying to also at the same time build your business. Um, so the, it's still growing. I mean, it, it, as you saw, I, I'm putting new products mm -hmm. and new articles out on a daily basis. Why? Because one of the things that Google does is they track how active you are on your website and how active you are on the internet with your identifiers. And the more active you are, the more Google promotes your stuff because they say, hey, here's somebody you probably want to look at. And so you have to, you can't just do an article, uh, you know, once every couple of months. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to put out an article every other day, mm -hmm. at least for the next 30, 30 days. Mm -hmm. So it's learning on the fly. And, and uh, one of the things that, that I love doing is uh, I, I, I don't charge for, for somebody who wants to you know, send me an email and just say, hey, Mike, I like your website. Uh, how did you do this again? Or, um, hey, I'm interested you know, finding out more about whatever. I'll point you in the right direction if you want information about positive psychology, authentic leadership, laughter, yoga, any of that. You can find on my website, laughtership.net, but give me a, you know, if, if you're listening to this and, and you want more information and you want to have a chat, I'll do everything I can to, to sit and have a chat with you. Sounds good. 
blog. Talk about your blogs. What yes. are you writing about in your blogs? Uh, right now, I'm writing about uh, starting at the basics, laughter, and uh, kind of going over uh, the first uh, first one as I've kind of restarted this uh, lately was uh, laughter ship kind of 101, mm-hmm. what laughter yoga is, a little bit of uh, the philosophy behind it. Um, the last one that I, I put out right now, uh, just a couple of days ago, is the three D's or how to laugh better. And that's where it talks about the difference where, you know, somebody tells me all the time, Mike, I laugh all the time. I'm a humorous person. I don't need laughter yoga. And it talks about the three D's depth, duration, and dependability of what's important about it. Um, and so you can read about that. I'm working on a couple of them, uh, right now. I've got about three different articles, so I'm not sure. It's a, it's a horse race. I'm not sure which one will get done first. Uh, my, the one I'm most excited about for the listening audience, if you've never heard of uh, emotional labor, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty popular kind of pop psychology term of basically the energy that we expend in our daily lives, especially at work, acting differently than how we would really like to act. So mm-hmm. you hear from office people who don't work very physical jobs that, man, I'm just exhausted at the end of the day. Well, they've probably expended a lot of emotional labor. And so one that I'm working on right now is uh, Emotional Labor Pains, Breathing Through the Contractions uh, <laughs> is the working title. Uh, Going to have a few others coming out about industrial and organizational psychology as a field. Um, and then uh, there's also going to be some more personal ones because I'm starting to tell my personal story um, for, for anybody that is interested in that side of it. I, I grew up in a, 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 in a foster home uh, as a ward of the state in Illinois and I had a lot of you know childhood traumas that uh, that I've learned as, as I retrospect uh, hindsight being twenty twenty. How I got through it a lot was early lessons that I learned in life about laughing through adversity and you know laughing with adversity, not just putting adversity aside, but learning how to how to laugh through it. And it's taken you know up until a couple of years ago to that all synthesize into. Uh, this message. So there will be some personal ones telling, you know, some of my stories. Um, and then just random things that pop into my mind. Uh, as I said, uh, uh, I teach about career counseling and things like that. So I'm sure there's going to be one eventually coming out about how to create a good inter- uh, elevator pitch, mm-hmm. elevator speech, how to sell yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, interview skills, things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, there's there's a whole I have a whole list uh, that's <laughs> long uh, that, the, of things that I've got planned on on releasing, and that's just on the blogs. I also, uh, as I said, have eBooks that I'm creating as well, um, some online workshops. So just go really go to yeah. go to my Facebook page or my website because I'm uh, putting out different uh, workshops and mm-hmm. webinars and and trainings online all the time. Yeah. Sounds great. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, gosh, no. Just thank you for what you do, Rachel. I appreciate <laughs> your chance to, to get all this out to the to the community and and, uh, and and really value all the service you provide as well. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. producing several promotional videos for Michael's Laughter Yoga class, which meant I spent more time observing than participating. However, the effects of watching his class have continued to have a positive effect even months after the completion of the project. 
After spending many hours poring over footage, it is so ingrained that I can recall the smiles on people's faces and the sound of their laughter almost instantaneously. I use this tool when I'm stuck in difficult meetings, having a bad day, or just want extra moments of happiness in my life. Could you imagine if I attended class on a regular basis? Now, we can't escape a February podcast without talking about Valentine's Day. Whether you believe this is a lovers-only event or one that you can share with friends, family, and classmates, the biggest gift receivers in 2018 are... Our pets. That's right. According to the National Retail Federation, a quarter of consumers under the age of 35 i.e. millennials and Gen Z, plan to purchase gifts for their pets. Additionally, consumers 18 to 34 plan to spend more on gifts for their pets compared to older shoppers. Stores like BarkBox are taking advantage with their Palantine Day collection. Traditional gifts like jewelry, dinner, and flowers still top the list of the other 55% celebrating this holiday. 3.3% of the population don't celebrate the holiday or rather celebrate it with anti-Valentine's Day gifts, which caused my husband to say that was the stupidest thing he ever heard because whether you buy an anti-Valentine gift or Valentine's gift makes no difference to the retailer. They're still making money. And that's it for this podcast of So Stereotypical. Subscribe to our feed on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Follow my company, Page Sculptor Studios, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our newly designed website for more marketing tips at www.pagesculpturestudios.com. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. What? It's time to go. Wait a minute. We're not going. What? So Stereotypical is a Page Sculptor Studios production.